0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, man, I'm I'm excited to really be here today and about this hour. And I just want to encourage you because God's getting ready to do something so great and it's going to exceed what we've been thinking God's going to do. And when God does something like that, it, it's when he does it, it's like obvious he did it. And I believe God's getting ready to do something so big. And you're going to see turnarounds. You're going to get you're, some things are actually going to get turned upside down when God moves. Um, but God's going to do something so amazing. And I want you to be encouraged and don't be discouraged. Don't start doubting God. Um, don't let your faith waver, put your trust in God and begin to apply your faith. Be strong in the Lord every day, trust in God every day. Don't let the devil get you down. Part of life, a big, huge part of life is learning to walk in faith, learning to walk in victory and being strong. You see, God has allowed things to be such as they are. Um, you know, he could have just made us. Like angels, I guess. But I believe we have the greatest privilege because we have to choose things. We have to decide things. There's a, there's something different that happens in us and who we can be by having gone through a process. And, and God's brought us to this place where we've been walking through the, this process and he is developing us, maturing us, making us into who he wants us to be. And what we become... Go in The good part goes with us in eternity. It, it really is a fascinating thing that God's done. And beyond all of that, what's really amazing, the Bible says we're going to rule and reign with Him, and that starts here. The training starts here. We're learning how to walk with God. We're learning how to partner with God. We're learning how to pray and get God's power working through us in the earth, in our lives, and then the kingdom of God through our lives. And the process often happens this way. We get in a desperate situation and then the light comes on or out of desperation, we're just thinking, I've not found help anywhere else. Let me see. I've got to go to God. And out of desperation, we go to God. And then we begin to get that need met. God begins to come through for us and we're learning how to pray. How have we learned Oftentimes, it's through our own personal issues that we're going through where we begin to ask God, God, help. And we, be, we connect with God at that level. Sometimes we also have to go through a certain level of intense trial before we'll go to a certain level of prayer. It's, it's usually in those times when we learn how to pray. And uh, those, those amazing times will take us through. And then we go from, from just praying for our own needs to also praying uh, for other things to happen in the earth. Praying for people to be touched by God. Praying for people to be made free. Praying for people to be healed. And what we've learned is you've got to stay in faith the whole time. You've got to learn to believe God and to believe His Word. That's what God is bringing in us. He's perfecting our faith. He's perfecting our believing in Him, our trusting in Him. We don't have to muster up something to to see miracles happen. We just have to continue to grow in faith. We do have to resist doubting, and we do have to remember, God said believe, and we have to step out in that because there's always doubt in front of us, but there's always a step that's just right. God brings us from glory to glory and faith to faith. Amen? There's so many places God's going to bring us, so many things God's going to do through his people. And I fully believe that this past season uh, of everything being in disarray in the church, you know, in America and around the world, it's not only been because God wanted to rearrange things in the church, it's because he wanted the roots of those that are real to go down even deeper, to trust God even more, to be willing to step out on the water even more. And I believe God's called every single one of us to be water walkers. Think about that. He's called every single one of us to be in a place where we will step out of our comfort zone, out of the boat. Peter was just an example. And that was an illustration. He literally walked on water. And yet, what was was there? You're not supposed to be able to walk on water, right? There was something supernatural underneath his feet. And God wants to teach us through that illustration. That is for every single one of us. He's called us to do something we can't do of ourselves. He's called us to walk on water. And we have to be willing to step out of where we've been, to step into something where only God can hold us up. That's where the amazing blessing is. It's exciting. But I'll tell you, when you step out, the winds might blow. It might look like you're falling. And many people will want to swim back to the boat. But just learn to cry out to God. Learn to cry out to God, and God will raise you back up. Don't be discouraged when you miss it. Don't be discouraged when you step out and it looks like it didn't work. Maybe it, Maybe we missed it. M- maybe it was doubt that came along. Maybe we started looking at the circumstances. But God is always teaching us, just like he did P- Peter. Why did you doubt Okay, don't do that next time. Learn. Start growing. Amen? Well, today I want to focus on one element of our Christian walks that's extremely important. And it's what is so necessary, and so many people miss out on this one element. And that is um, prevailing prayer or prayer that gets answers. God fully intends for you to get answers when you pray. He wants you to receive when you pray. There's no question about that. Hebrews 4, 16 says it this way. Let's approach the throne of grace with boldness. What's boldness there? It's absolute assuredness. It's confidence. So that, that expression, so that is very important in this sentence. So that we may receive mercy and Find grace to help in time of need. This scripture doesn't put any question whatsoever on God's ability to give you what you need. It doesn't put any question whatsoever on God's willingness to give you what you need. But what it does say is you have to do something so that you can receive. What is that? You have to go to the throne room of grace, number one. Number two, you have to go boldly to the throne room of grace so that you might receive. Amen? Go boldly to the throne of grace, so that you might receive. Matthew 7, 7 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Because everybody who asks, receives. Let me say that if that were not in the Bible, you would just tell everybody I was a lying preacher if I told you that. But Jesus says, everybody who asks receives. He didn't want it to be a maybe thing in your heart. How many of you have a maybe in your heart when you go to pray? Maybe God will answer. Maybe things will change. Maybe I'll get a breakthrough. Jesus left out the maybe. Do you understand? And it's important you get rid of the maybe on the inside of you. It doesn't work that way. Amen? Jesus doesn't say, maybe. No. He, get, he says, ask, and it'll be given to you. Because everybody who asks, receives. He wanted his disciples to to fully expect that they are going to get what they're asking for. If they're not getting it, maybe they're, I mean, they're not asking right. Are y'all with me? And he wants you to fully expect you're going to get exactly what you ask for. He wants you to expect you're going to get what you're asking for. I can just tell right now, just its human nature, there's probably a lot of thoughts just kicking up right now, but 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 you got to get rid of those butts, <laughs> right? You got to get rid of those butts. Okay, in Luke fifth, uh, excuse me, Luke eleven, I opened right up to it. Luke eleven, verse five. Jesus is teaching on prayer. We were in, we I mentioned Matthew. And here we are in Luke, and and his disciples said, teach us how to pray. And then he tells them the Lord's Prayer, and then he gives them an um, an express example, an illustration of exactly how to get your prayers answered. How do you get your prayers answered? And I believe he hits on something that is so key, you see? Why You you have to ask, and I'm saying this before I've read it here, but think about this as we read this. Why would he get into this specific example? Out of all the things he could have told them about how to pray, why does he get into this specific one element of prayer? I believe it's because it is extremely fundamental to us getting answers when we pray. This parable is one you should learn. You should think about it. And you need to put it into practice. You shouldn't just read it and go, hmm, well, that's interesting. No, if Jesus says this is an element that needs to be emphasized, and I'm emphasizing this to you, my disciples, because, yes, you're going to get when you pray, but look at what you need to have when you're praying. Okay? So this is what he says. Suppose one of you has a friend, and he, and he goes to him at midnight. Okay. The picture there, it's late at night. Back then, everybody's, you know, now maybe some people like Al might go to bed way after midnight. Back then, you're going to be in bed and that's the middle of the night for you. That is in the middle of your nighttime, right? He goes to this man at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before them. Then the one on the inside says, Man, what do you think you're doing coming to me at midnight? The door's locked. My children are with me. We're sleeping. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, does that look like a no? I just want you to think through the illustration because you're supposed to connect with the story and the feelings of what the guy asking for something is going to be feeling. Do you feel like that's a no? And how would you respond? Almost all of us would say, I'm sorry, I asked you. I understand. I'll see you tomorrow, right? We'd back up, wouldn't we? Oh, no, I can't believe I asked. What does this guy do? I tell you, though he won't get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, yet because of the man's boldness. You remember what we read in Hebrews? Go to the throne room of prayer boldly. Right? And here he goes. Because of the man's boldness, he will give him everything that he needs. What does that word boldness mean? I think you probably realize what it means. The guy's not giving up. He's going to keep on knocking, right? He's not letting go. He says, if he'll if he'll keep on asking and keep on knocking and said, no, I want you to to give it to me. He says because of that attitude. Listen, it's not just that he asked. It's that he asked with that boldness that got him the answer. He wasn't ashamed to ask. The word boldness there is sometimes translated in other versions, shameless audacity. It's also translated shameless audacity. Persistence. Because of this man's boldness, his shameless audacity, his shameless persistence. That's why he got it. Are y'all with me? He made that specific example because he's trying to explain. You know, when you pray like that or like this or like that, guys. Yes, I'm saying when you pray you get answers, but let me tell you what real praying looks like. It's like this man that keeps knocking at the door and it looks like a no. And you and he keeps knocking. Why does he keep knocking? Well, in the story, it's a man who doesn't want to really give bread. But reality, we kept knocking because we've got a God that we know does want to answer. The story isn't to teach us about a God that doesn't want to answer. We're trying to force him. That's not the point. The point is for you to relate with the man who's knocking, and it feels like somebody doesn't want to come to the door. It feels like you're getting a no. Nothing is happening. So many people turn around at that time and go home. So many people, they'll just knock really lightly. Maybe he's asleep. God's like, no, Jesus is like, uh-uh, I want you, and you keep on doing that because of his persistence, I'll give it to him. And that's taught more than just in this place, it's, all, it's in various places of the Bible. You got to be willing to do that. Now, I talked earlier about how we can relate our, our needs, how lot, oftentimes, well, we'll always be praying for our needs, there's no question about it but a lot of times we actually learn how to pray because we got an issue we're going through and we need a breakthrough. Every, almost everybody has an issue almost all the time. Well, that's not quite true, but at, at some level. But many of us, I believe, are probably going through intense issues even right now. And I just want to encourage you in this truth. God will answer you if you will cry out to Him. He wants to help you. He wants to give you your breakthrough. You've got to be absolutely sure of that. David says this in Psalm. This was King David. In Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. This is a prophetic word from God. Call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you. And I will rescue you. He doesn't say, call upon me, cry out unto me. I might help. You see, God doesn't want us to see things like you know if you if you pray like you're playing a slot machine, you throw something else, you throw some, a prayer up, and you hope something comes back down. That, that it God doesn't work that way. He says, Pray. In fact, in Mark, what does it say? Believe you're gonna receive what you pray when you ask. How can you believe you're going to receive what you pray when you ask if you don't even believe God's going to do it? If you think it's a maybe, you can't even do that verse. Are y'all with me? You can't get answers doing maybe prayers. God doesn't want us to do maybe prayers. He wants us to be bold, and He wants us to be confident. And I would just say, there is no problem that's too big for God, and every single one of us, we need to learn this. We need to learn to cry out to God when we have troubles. We need to learn to be bold. We need to learn to be persistent. We need to learn to not give up, and we need to believe all the while from the very beginning. When we start our prayers, we need to know then we're going to get what we're asking for. Amen? Amen? Amen, amen, amen. We're going to get what we're asking for. All we have to do is go through the process. That's really powerful. And I would just say one of the reasons why Jesus talks like this is because people give up too early. Things may take a long time. Do you remember in Luke 18, there's another woman. uh, It says she's going through a really hard trial. And then then he says... um, the whole lesson of that, that long parable and story in Luke 18 is don't stop praying. Keep knocking. He says, this woman's asking for justice. What a similar kind of story he's giving, teaching him to pray. Another place teaching him to pray. She's asking for justice. And it looks like the judge keeps saying, no, no, no. There's no breakthrough. There's no open door. Nothing's changing. He says, because she doesn't stop, he'll end up giving her what, everything she needs. Same, is that not the same message as the bread man story? Right? He's saying, do not stop. Keep knocking. And what does he say after he goes about this, this man and Luke? And he says, you be persistent because of the man's boldness. You're going to, he, he got everything. Then he says this. Therefore, I say to you, in other words, this lesson that you that I just gave you about this man is to teach you something. Ask and it's going to be given to you. Seek and you're going to get it. You're going to you're going to find it. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks is going to find. And to him who knocks, the door is going to be opened. Now, I've mentioned this many times before, but that word there in the original language isn't ask, it's asking. It's like not stopping, continuing, knocking. He is bringing so much certainty here, it's unbelievable. And God wants you to be completely certain. He's out to answer your prayers. He loves for you to pray. And even though it seems like he's the bread man who doesn't want to get up in the middle of the night, it seems like he's the judge that doesn't want to bother with your case. It looks like nothing's changing. God says, keep knocking, keep asking, keep believing. I'm going to come through for you. Now, let me ask you, what do you need? What do you want from God? Where is your problem? Are you looking to God? And have you got this in your mind? If I will just grab hold of God, I'm going to exactly get my answer. I don't have to wonder about it. I don't have to worry about it. God has said he's going to give me my answer if I will just connect with him in prayer. You don't have any problems. You just need to have prayer. Amen. You don't have any problems God can't take care of is what I mean. David was in a great situation one time, it was so difficult. he didn't know what to do, and he was in some pretty intense emotional distress in that hour. And it says this, and this is in Psalm I put Psalm 55. let me see here. I completely wrote down the wrong verse. Let me see if I can find where it is. Oh, no, I didn't write down the wrong verse. I'm in the wrong book of the Bible. I thought I was in Psalm, and I wasn't. Okay. All right. Listen to this. Listen to my prayer, O God. Don't ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught. Another version to say, I am in great anguish, right? Great anxiety at the voice of the enemy. Man, that is, what a great word. You know, the words that come to you, negative thoughts, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get it. What might happen? Oh, something bad's going to happen. You're going to lose everything. You're not going to make it. You're going to be in a bad situation. You're going to lose your job. Or you're going to lose your this or what, whatever. You see, all of these words the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy. It's interesting to me that he's tormented by words and his thoughts that have come to him by the voices that are coming to him, right? He says this, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Man, I just to say... Um, He's been an intense time, Amen. How many of y'all have ever been in anguish, anguish of soul? I have been there before, and I'll tell you, it's not a very pleasant experience. As a matter of fact, anguish of soul it's, it's a it's a miserable kind of experience. Now just some, has any other one person ever had that happen? Not one. Okay, one person. Only one person has had anguish of soul. But I can tell you, and I believe this, many of us have, it's an intense situation. And I bet you, some of you are going through some level of difficulty right now. I look over here at the screen as if I'm seeing people, and I know you're really right there. But um, I know some of you are probably going through things right now. You're feeling anguish or stress or pressure or discouragement. Um, it might be because of a financial issue. It might be because of bills you paid you know, or you need to pay. It might be because of a problem you're in you had not figured out how to fix yet. It might be something you've got to do you don't feel qualified to do. It can be through so many different things. Okay, and that's exactly what he's feeling here. Now, what's his first response? This is so funny to me. Um, look at this. I said, oh, that I had wings like a bird. I'd fly away and be at rest. I'd flee far away and stay in the desert. I'd hurry to my place of shelter, far away from the storm. Now, how many of you, when you're in an intense battle, you just wish you could be somewhere else? You know, used to, i think, oh, if I could just move up and move to California, change my name, I'm just joking, right? But it's just that kind of thought. Nobody'd want to move to California anymore. But you just say, oh, if, if I could just escape out of this, go wherever, just, not, just be somebody else. That's what David is saying. Man, if I could just be gone, if I could just be somewhere else, be in a different situation, not have to deal with all these issues I've got going on. And um, that's, how, that's how we often feel, you know. We just want to get out of where we are. And many times that anguish of soul, can go further into depression or it can go into a spirit of heaviness on you all the time. You feel like you're dredging through life. It's hard to go through life. There's a heaviness on you continually. It can be a hopelessness that gets in your soul. And I'll tell you, so many people, they go through this and it like I'll just tell you, it's a very, very difficult thing to go through. Proverbs 18, 14 says it this way. The human spirit, the human spirit, what's the human spirit? It's, that, it's actually sort of like the life force on the inside of you, your spirit man. The human spirit can endure sickness, it can endure physical pain. You'll make it. It might be hard, but you're going to make it. But a crushed spirit, who can bear? He's saying, look, You can go through hard times. You can go through sickness. But if your spirit's down, who can make it through that? It's a hard thing to go through times like that. So what did David do when he was in the middle of that anguish of soul, of that intense trial he was going through? You know what he ended up doing. Our first response can be I just want to get out of this I want to escape by the way I have seen people run away from their problems like I was just joking about a while ago I've seen people do it and you know what initially they feel better but guess what somehow problems just catch up with them all over again I've seen that happen but anyway what did David do he wanted to he wanted to run away from his problems but what did was he end up doing you know what he's going to do right he ends up deciding he's going to go to God and And that's a real key right here. Usually, when we're going through it, we don't feel like going to God necessarily. I mean, sometimes it can be so intense, we're forced to, you don't think about it. But a lot of times, we don't necessarily feel like going to God. Did you know that the people who could benefit the most from going to God and getting the blessing from God are often the ones that don't want to go there? How many of you have ever had a heavy day? Any of you ever had heaviness? You want, you don't want to praise the Lord that day, do you? You don't, do you? You don't want to sing to the Lord that day. You don't want to necessarily pray, pray that day. But do you realize those are the very things that are going to just change your complete your, dimen- your uh, where you are completely. The very things you don't feel like doing. And sometimes you want to run away from your problems. And I want to tell you today, don't run away from your problems. Run to God. Run to God. Run to God and do what God says to do. Your breakthrough, your freedom doesn't come away from running away from your problems. It comes from running to God and learning how to get answers to your prayers and getting God to move on your behalf in the middle of your problem. God will definitely do it. So that's what David did in this very psalm. And then we go to uh, verse 16. And here he is. I call to God and the Lord saves me. I believe he's rejoicing. He's making a declaration here. I go to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon. Listen to that. Is that boldness? Is that perseverance? Is that knocking? When he's in distress, when he really, really needs a breakthrough, what does he do? He doesn't just passively pray before he goes to bed that night. He doesn't just passively pray when he he thanks God for his meals. He said, evening, morning, and noon, I am praying about what I am asking God for. I'm reminding God I am claiming this very thing that I need. And he hears me. I cried out in my distress, and he heard my voice. Praise God. That's exactly what he does. And he ransoms me, unharmed, from the battle that's been waged against me and from what's been opposing me. Praise God. That's what God says he'll do. If you will go through the process and decide you're going to get your answers from God instead of trying to just... Wait it out or just trying to escape or, or run away from your problem. Run to God. Ask God. He'll change everything if you'll learn how to do this and if you'll just stay on course and if you will not give up until you've got what you're asking for. You see? You can go, well, maybe God doesn't want it. Well, just think about what we've said so far. What do you think the chances are? Now, you might be asking for something and you're not right with God. The Bible says, if I regard sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. I'm, I'm hoping all of you have gotten past that, and you're, you know, you're not, you're living for God now, right? But what do you think? The chances are, just from what the Bible emphasizes, we tend to go, well, maybe it's not God's will. The Bible is emphasizing that the likelihood is something else. The likelihood is. It's going to take time. God wants to answer, and you need to persevere. Do y'all see that? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? You see, the devil wants to mess with your mind. He wants to start telling you things to get you to stop praying. And ask yourself, when you stopped praying about whatever you're asking God for, did you get more on fire for God, or did you get more heavy? Right? If you're doing what God wants you to do, there's going to be another avenue right there. And you go, oh, this is what God wanted. Uh-uh. Most of the time, no, you start to lose your dreams. You start to lose your desires. The heaviness that come on you. You're still serving the Lord, but you're serving him dif- with difficulty, right? God's like, break all that stuff off of you again. Pick up your dreams again. Begin to pray what I've called you to do, what I put in your heart to do. Because it's not just for you. It's for something bigger than you. Everybody called in God. It's not just for them. It's not so you can have a bunch of money in the bank. It's not so that you can just have this or that. God wants to provide for you. Yes, he does. But there's something bigger than that for your life. Do you want to die and just go, oh, I made it. God provided for me. I had money in the bank when I died. Oh, I'm so thankful. No, you're going to look back. You're not even going to think about that. You'll remember how God provided for you, but you're going to go, I'm glad I ran my course. I'm glad I did something bigger than me. And I love that. And that's what I hope you're connecting with today. So, so then David David says that, I call to the Lord. And then he gives us his testimony. And he's, he's telling us what to do. He's encouraging us from what he knows works. He knows this works. He says this, Psalm fifty-five twenty-two, 22. Cast your cares upon the Lord. And he will. Not he might. He will sustain you because he will never let the righteous fall. Cast your cares, cast your troubles, cast your problems, cast your anxiety, cast what you're dealing with upon the Lord and he will rescue you. Let me just say this. He doesn't, he he says, cast your cares, then he'll sustain you. I hope you understand that. If you don't cast your cares on God, what are you doing? And they get heavier every day, don't they? Right? This is also picked up by Peter in the New Testament. I know Peter knew the Old Testament. And I know this had to come out of that verse that David wrote. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your cares upon the Lord. Because he cares for you. Now, I want to ask you something, and I want you to think about it as quickly as you can before I get to the answer. How do you cast your cares on the Lord? Do you just go, okay, God, I'm just not going to think about it anymore. Is that how you do it? Now, I believe sometimes People are worried about something ridiculous. I mean, I've seen some things people... Now, in that case, maybe you just need to say that. But if it's a real situation, there's more to it than that. You're not going to cast your care upon the Lord like that. I believe when he says, cast your cares, what how you do that is you are praying... About your needs. You're putting your needs in God's hands. And you're securing the answer. When I've got a problem about a situation. I don't just go. God. Okay. I'm not going to worry about it. Well the problem's still there. You didn't ask for God. To fix the problem. You didn't secure the answer. How is it you're not going to worry. When you've got a burden. How do you bring it to God. How do you cast it to God. You've got to ask God. For answers, and when you ask God for answers to your problem, you need to know that God heard you, and there's a peace that comes on the inside of you when you do that. you've prayed, you've prayed and you've brought it before God, guess what happens? You know it's in God's hands now. And there's a peace that comes about on the inside of you because of that. Does that make sense? The peace is there because you know you prayed. God heard you, and it's in God's hands. You might not know how God's going to do it. All you know is, I gave that over to God, and I'm not worried about it anymore. Now, I will tell you this. Sometimes I've prayed, and I know God's going to do it. I forget about it. Sometimes i prayed, and I have a peace about it. And I'll I'll stop. But guess what? Four hours later, I feel anxiety again. I feel like the way God does this is sometimes you have to pray through things and it takes a little bit of time. And God doesn't always let the stress just stay with us all the time. We pray, we get relief, and then we go about life. But the prayer's not finished or either that or our faith has not been perfected yet and we're still... Succumbing to the words, and we feel that pressure again, what do we do? We go back to God in prayer. Now you might say, "No devil, I'm standing, and you should do that, but I just want to encourage you. there's nothing wrong with going back into prayer, and you just saying, God, I've put this in your hands, I'm just reminding you of what I've been praying, and here I am, I'm believing you again. Lord, you see the devil's coming after me. These words are coming trying to cause me to doubt you again after I believed you this morning. God said, here I am again. I'm putting it up on you. I'm casting it on you again. Just keep doing that until you've got ultimate breakthrough in your life. I am telling you, this thing works. And I feel like the power of prayer is the greatest resource God has given to us that we don't use rightfully. I believe if we would do it rightfully, we'd begin to see amazing results. And I believe that this is the time right now, I am telling you, God's going to raise up prayer warriors. You might think, oh, I don't want to pray. That's what the little, the little ladies do. No, little ladies do it, but I'm telling you, great men do it too. It's a bold, courageous thing to pray the way God says pray. It's, it's something you know where you're, you need to be mighty and strong and claim and pray and press in and be persistent and believe you've got to be tenacious when you pray. Amen? God loves to answer your prayers. I wish God would just do everything for us. But he says, you know what? God will do this. Just pray. You got to pray. Somewhere else, James said it this way. You don't have. You know why you don't have? It's not because God doesn't necessarily want to give it. You don't have because you don't ask. What? And if. And I would just say, because of the verses we read, and maybe you ask, but you're not asking the way that man asked. You're not asking the way that woman with the judge asked. You're not asking right. Praise God. Cast all your cares on the Lord, because He cares for you. You go through that process. Every worry, every anxiety in your heart needs to be in His hands. Look what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for just a few things. Does it, does it say that? No. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I want to mention something. When he says be anxious for nothing, that means not a, it doesn't matter how big it is. Is that true? You ever had you were anxious about something, and then you go, well, I'm not supposed to be anxious, but this deserves me being anxious. This is a really bad problem. Yep, you can't be like that. You can't, you can't say there's some things that I'll allow myself to be anxious over, but not other things. Amen? Amen? God wants us to be free from anxiety. And another thing, too, you know, some of us, I see some people, they'll worry over tiny things. They'll think, oh, that's not a, you know, that's a little tiny something. God says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But what? But in everything by prayer and petition, make your request known to God. I want you to notice this thing right here. He doesn't say just by prayer. He says prayer and petitions. And what's going to happen? The peace of God's going to come. So, this is casting your burdens, right? Do y'all see that? You're anxious, be anxious for nothing. But what's the connection? Remember, where are we going to on this verse? Where are we going? To peace, right? Is that where we're ending up? We, We have anxiety, we're going to peace. How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we cast our burdens on the Lord? By prayer and petitions, making requests known. The way to get from having cares, having anxiety, to a place of peace is asking God for what you need and getting the answers. Are y'all with me? I want to make sure you got that, you see. It says, be anxious for nothing, but pray, ask, make requests to God. Then the peace, when does the peace come? After you have secured that in prayer, after you have cast it before God, after on the inside of you, you're like, yes, I got it. Amen. And sometimes it's a process, just like I said, you know, you've got it. You know, it's coming, but you know, you're still praying it through. Are y'all, y'all, I hope y'all with me. And then what does it say there? That peace transcends all understanding. That means God will bring peace on the inside of you about your situation before your situation has changed. That's why you need peace that, that is greater than your situation. Your situation is still the same. Your situation hasn't changed. But something on the inside of you is going, yes. People will look at you and go, hmm, I don't understand why you're so excited. Your situation looks pretty bad. Oh, you don't understand. I've been with God. I prayed, and I'm not the same I was before I prayed. I got some answers. And you'll see your answers come forth. So he says this: that peace transcends all understanding. You've got peace before. You see your answers. So many people want their their things to change before they're going to have peace. God says, I want to give you an assuredness. Your world is changing. Your life is changing. It's going to happen. I want you to believe it before it happens. So God loves that. In the middle of your trial, of your crazy situation you're in, you got peace. You know it's going to be all right. You know, God's going to work things out. That happens because of prayer, prayer, prevailing prayer, persistent prayer, bold. I know God's going to give it to me kind of prayer. I just don't stop. Amen. And then what does he say? Um, well, I didn't write it here, but I know I didn't finish writing the verse, I guess. But it says with thanksgiving. It says, make your request known to God with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Why do you why do you need to give God thanksgiving when you pray? Right? Mark eleven twenty-four says this trust God, this is essence what he's saying, and believe that when you pray. What, what's the? How's the rest of that go? Believe when you pray. What's the next thing? Mark 11, 24. That you receive. And you shall have. It doesn't say believe after you got it. It says when you pray, believe you receive it. When you pray, believe it now. And. You shall, in God's timing, and He will be on time, you shall get it, right? Now, I believe when we pray and we thank God when we're in a time of stress, we're thanking God because we know He hears our prayers, He's going to be faithful, He's going to answer us, So the right way to pray, you bring your needs before God. You bring them intensely before God. You're continuing to do that, and you're thanking God the whole time because you know the answer's on the way because he's faithful. You thank him before you get it. You know you got it before you get it. Why? Because you're great? No. You can be so confident in God. He's tried to tell us. Many places he wants to give you your answer. He says, because of that, you need to just believe you got it. What is that? That is faith. That is trust in God. And that is supernatural. That is not normal. And you will not do that if you do not push yourself into that. You'll doubt. You will stop knocking. You'll question why it's taking so long. And God's like, oh, you're doing it the completely wrong way. You're not going to get your answers that way. Knock, ask, seek, thank me even, believe it even before you see it. Watch what happens. Thanksgiving. You remember one time Jesus was uh, somewhere, and he finds out Lazarus is about dead, and he's like, "Okay, well, let me wait and let him really die." And then I and then I'll go. He shows up. Lazarus has been dead, I believe, four days. And you know what he's going to do, right? He's going to say, Lazarus, come forth. And this man who's been dead four days. Now, we have at least one medical professional here, but if you, I mean, could you imagine what somebody who's not been embalmed looks like after four days of being dead in the out? in a grave, in a hot place, I mean, oh, my gracious. Jesus, before he said that, he said, hey, you gals, move that stone. And they go, they've been crying, but now they're going, oh, this is getting crazy. And Jesus, the King James says, he stinketh, Lord. God, Lord, he's really smelly now. He's inside there, but if we just move the thing away, oh, we're all going to smell it. It's that bad by now. I mean, think about the decay that was going on with Lazarus. And Jesus calls him out of the grave. Come forth. Man, don't think anything's too difficult for God. I mean, that is a phenomenal miracle. A phenomenal miracle. And you know what happened. Everybody in Jerusalem, everybody everywhere hears about it. But before Jesus did that, it says he looked up into heaven. He's getting ready to say, Lazarus, come forth, right? What does he do right before? Nothing's happened. There's still a dead, stinky man right there. And probably at that time, they've moved the stone and everybody's going, Oh, my gracious. Everybody's like, Oh, this is a bad mood right here. This is a bad scene. Nobody's thinking anything good's getting ready to happen. It's smelly in that area. It's worse than a dead animal you've ever smelled anywhere. I mean, it's it's bad. And right before, right before Jesus says anything, right before he says, come forth, there's a dead man in there. He looks up and he says, Oh, Father, I thank you that you heard me when I prayed. He thanked him because he already believed it was going to happen. He thanked him before it happened.